Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Fantasy Baseball for Friday, March 6th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? Doing well. I was productive today. What does that mean? I cleaned my room. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Different, you know, different standards for, for different people, but hey, I, I probably need to clean my room. I'm productive on that side real. of things. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to try to be productive on this podcast. We're, we're gonna, always productive. We're going to take you through rounds three and four of my top 300 overall fantasy rankings. So make sure to check those out, beattheshiftbaseball.com. Uh, they will be uploaded either today or tomorrow along with, uh, you know, the overview for the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, that's that's big. That's a good, it's yeah. a good resource to use. We talked a little bit about... Um, you know, draft preparation, the kinds of things you should be doing to to get ready for your drafts, because it is draft season. It's the early end of it. Um, I'm currently in the middle of an email draft that takes multiple days and is oh. super annoying, but we're doing a live draft uh, tomorrow for our Beat the Shift Keeper League, um, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty pumped about that. All the keepers are set. Got to finally get a look at the player pool. Um <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Have you have you done any no. done any research? Have, no. Do you have any targets? No. Nothing as, to share? as you mentioned it, I haven't looked at the player pool who's available. <laughs> Nothing to share with the people, man. Um, I'm picking like back end of the thing, anyways. So, w- what do you mean? Like you, you still gotta know who you want to take. You're gonna be up. I'll like worry that. about that tomorrow. Come on, man. Got <laughs> this is important. This isn't like this isn't like a test in, in school or something. This is this is a fancy draft. It'll stick with you the whole year if you screw it up. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get into the top, or, you know, the 25 to 48 range of my rankings, but first, um, we're gonna do an overview of injuries, because that is the topic of March, Mm -hmm. uh, every year, and I did, I, I saw it coming, or like, you know, you always, you always know it's gonna happen, but then it still hurts when it happens, and you just see players dropping like flies, um, and it's, it's the same players this year. It's it's the same tragic story of the big Yankee power bats that are not going to be ready for opening day. Aaron Judge is the big story today. Um, revealed he had a fractured rib, stress, stress fracture, fracture. stress fracture in his rib, stress eh, eh. stress <laughs> fracture in his rib since last season, since yeah, September, since September, and that's just you know how can you not all, all these out? Yankees. Uh, injuries so far this spring have apparently gone back to last year. Well, that's not great. Um, Stanton, <laughs> I think he's dealing with a calf, right? So yeah, he's, same he's thing. He's going to miss opening day. I don't know how long he's going to... They said April, Yeah, which could be April 2021. But, but anyway, knows? Aaron Judge was mm-hmm. in this 25 to 48 range of that players. Not... not so much anymore. Um, it's making releasing my rankings difficult because I'm like, changing stuff constantly. Uh, but you know, those are the big ones there. And then on the pitching side, Chris Sale um, is avoiding Tommy John sur- uh, surgery for the moment. Mm-hmm. But we, you Still never know. Partially torn, season. partially torn UCL could mean anything. It could be really minor. It could be a big deal. And we have no idea because he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to throw for a little bit. And then, and then I'll throw and then see how I feel. So, you know, just waiting. Definitely not excited to draft any of these injured players, um, but if they fall far enough... I don't enough, think we mentioned Luis Severino last time either. Luis Severino is well, getting Tommy he's John. He's out for the year. Yeah. And 
I think we might have mentioned him last time. If you had early drafts and you drafted him, yeah, suck but for you. it's the ones who we don't know anything about that are the like James Paxton. We knew, okay, you know, this is the timetable we knew before spring training. We expect him back in mid June is probably reasonable to expect him. Like, okay, that's that's the value. That's that's where we're going for Mike Clevenger. Same kind of deal. He's gonna miss probably maybe two three weeks to start the season. If all goes well, and, and those are like knee injury type of things. They're not um, arm troubles that that kind of have that can have domino effects. Um, but then you got like, like Blake Snell was dealing with elbow discomfort, and you know they're just like, all right, we're just gonna mm-hmm. shut it down. He's probably fine, but we don't know. Um, Griffin Canning is avoiding Tommy John. Also, uh, he's going with the the good old plasma injections. I think, uh, or I think they've use the term biological injections now. Um, so the angels are, you know, mm-hmm. staying true to form there. Um, <laughs> and I think I, I read that the angels have a sub one ERA for their starters, this spring training. So lovely. That's a fun story. Um, yeah. Derek Cole gave up uh, four home runs to two players the other day. Yeah. And the Tigers, I think all nine of their lineup spots hit a home run in that game. Really? Yeah. At least one, so that's something cool. Um, spring training's fun, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, just be ready for a lot more injuries is all I'm going to say about that. And if you draft somebody gets injured, then that is a real bummer. It's nearly impossible to project, you know, from a health standpoint because, I mean, some, I mean, everybody we've mentioned has had health problems so far, so maybe... Maybe we should have been paying more attention and yep. paying more mind to that, but there's there's always injuries that just happen in spring training that just come out of nowhere. So, you know, take it in stride and, and do what you can. Um, yeah, what else? Well, I mean, I was going to ask you if you had any fun draft targets for tomorrow. You already asked me that. Already, I, I, know. I already said I haven't looked yet. Yeah, but... But why? It's tomorrow. Because um, it's five thirty tomorrow. Yeah, but I mean, you've been <laughs> doing this fantasy podcast with me for a few weeks now. I figured you may might have picked we've up done, a little we've done something. Two. Yeah, but I figured you might have picked up a little something like players that you're like, oh, well, this this is interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely be going after this guy. Or do you just not have? I don't think we've gotten an idea. Far, we, I don't think we've gotten that far along into like the kind of deeper rounds. So you, so your only fantasy insight is when we do this, kind of, yeah. Oh, darn. Oh come on. Oh man, I'm on an island out here. <laughs> well, well, I've been paying a lot of attention to everything lately, at least. So this this podcast should have some redeeming value. I'm paying attention. I just, I don't <laughs> always think like, oh, that'd be good for my fantasy team right there. I'm just looking. At yeah, it. yeah, I know. <laughs> Just this, just a classic, you know, Dodgers fan who, who what? pays attention. Wait, to wait, what? Wait, I don't know. I mean, yeah. What is having? What is being a Dodgers fan? That I do just mean me like not... you don't watch a whole lot of non-Dodger baseball. Yeah, I do. Right now. Oh, okay, fine. All right. <laughs> um, this is this is how dare you? This is this is insult my uh, uh, watching habits. Viewing habits. That's what they're called. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's let's do the rankings, shall All right. we? Let's go. Let's go. Twenty-five through forty-eight. Let's start with two pitchers. One we mentioned already with slight elbow issues. Blake Snell 
and then his Tampa Bay Rays teammate Charlie Morton at 25 and 26. Uh, yeah. So Blake Snell does have the elbow issue, but you know he's an incredibly talented Scion caliber pitcher. Um, the only real question is health and how many innings he's going to throw, even when healthy. He doesn't throw a whole lot of seven-inning starts. You know, six innings is kind of where he's capped, even in his Cy Young year, um, just because he throws a lot of pitches, but gets a lot of strikeouts. Charlie Morton is probably my favorite value of the early round pitchers. I have him ranked ahead of a lot of people, probably, and he's... Yeah, I think people just don't quite realize how good he was last last season no i think they do but they look at his age and they're like oh that's a guy right there spring if anybody's gonna have you know ailments that hinder him it's gonna be this guy because i think charlie morton's even announced that he he might retire after this year at the end of his contract just yeah because well, he said if he doesn't perform that well this year he's like yeah i'll shut it down <laughs> No, I, it was like I it was at the start of his contract. He said, "Like, yeah, this will probably be my last contract, and then I'm gonna hang." In. So you know, you never know. But he's 36 years old, which is the same age as like the Justin Verlander, Max. Scher- There's two 36 plus year old pitchers in the super elite tier, and Charlie Morton, although not super elite in 2019, was pretty darn close in 194 innings, struck out 240 batters, had a 1.08 WHIP and a 305 ERA and plays for a good team so there's there's I, yeah. everything lines up to be great for him again he was great with the Astros the year before as well he's just been doing it for for a long enough time that I trust the ability now but nobody trusts the health even though he's he's, he's totally healthy. fine he's totally fine yeah and I, I don't know why you know I guess there are discounts slight discounts to Verlander and Scherzer being as they're not the numbers like one and two pitchers but you know charlie morton is getting knocked outside he's the number 10 pitcher on my list and yeah i I take him all the time (laughs) you know this is start of the third round you know give me charlie morton instead of any of these other pitchers so yeah let's yeah yeah let's move on to the next three three uh position players here we have cattell Marte, the arizona diamondbacks he's second base and outfield eligibility Bryce Harper, everybody should know who he is, and then Xander Bogarts. Uh, where is he on your shortstop list? Xander Bogarts is your sixth shortstop on th- off the board so far. Yeah, we yeah six shortstops within the top thirty, and Bogarts is probably the most boring one of this group <laughs> in that I don't think he's gonna take any steps forward next year. He's kind of just been what he's but been. But he was well, no, that's well, this year was was great for him. Yeah. And he made huge strides, mostly in terms of plate discipline and a little bit in terms of power, although everybody seemed to do that. Um, 33 is his career high in homers, of course. And then, um, you know, just was a force in the middle of the lineup for the Red Sox. You know, 117 RBI. Again, counting stats with the Red Sox are not really going to be that much in question. He hit 309 last year. So, you know, he's always been a good batting average source. And now with 30 home run potential and hits in the middle of the Red Sox order. So it's like really, I don't know, it's boring. Like what is he going <laughs> to do more than that? I guess he could break out even so, more. So, but so, I don't so basically your, your assessment of him is that he's more or less close to the ceiling. Not saying he's going to fall from where he's at right now. No, I mean, 
But he has a super super high floor, and also yeah. I guess the the one thing you could say is he had fifty two doubles last year. He's an extra base hit machine, and he hit, he hit thirty three home runs. the The Red Sox in general were just going crazy last year, and you know you could argue that like hey maybe a few more of those turn into home runs, and then he looks even even better. So I I don't know, um, just a great hitter. I I don't I haven't drafted him anywhere, so just. <laughs> Just because I either have a shortstop by then, or I'm like only drafting starting pitchers in this range, so that's probably the case for yeah. a lot of these hitters. I'm gonna be like, I haven't drafted them anywhere because I'm only drafting starters in this range. Um, but if they fall to you, yeah, see, uh, he, he's, you he's to, a yes, six short, sixth shortstop, which is which is good, but that just shows you how how top heavy yeah. this uh, this position is in terms of the overall rankings. Yeah, and I guess I'll mention just in this range of hitters right here in the, the third round. Um, yeah, there's probably a lot of guys who can who would ordinarily get you first or second round return that just fall here because of where starting pitchers are, and you will definitely have an easy time getting one, if not more, of these these types of players if pitchers become a priority in your leagues and there's early runs going, and a lot of these these later pitchers start start going in these spots instead. Bryce Harper, you know. He, we've seen the upside for it, and it's a first rounder for sure. Especially in in the format that that these rankings are for, with on base percentage mm-hmm. and slugging, uh, he's he's a fantastic on base percentage source. Even though the batting average is in question, um, and that's the biggest separator between that and Roto. So so if you were doing this for regular Roto rankings, would Bryce Harper be lower? He'd be lower, but not, not yeah, even I'm not that saying, much. Yeah, I'm not, not even I'm that not saying he'd be dropping out of this round, but like uh, yeah. Like, He's, but, but he, he he's definitely gets arguably, a bump He's arguably like a a first. He's a borderline first round type of bat in this format. But there's just there's just too many. Like you know when you got Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rendon just at the end of the first round there, um, something's got to give. So yeah, we're still in we're still in that range with where you have your really good starting pitchers and your really good hitters that like. Yeah, can't really go wrong with any of them. Yeah, and then that says a lot about Ketel Marte, who mm-hmm. I ranked one spot higher than him, who might be like an aggressive overreaction to last year, but boy, am I reacting because he had quite the year. He had a too-good-to-be-true first half and then backed it up with an even better second half of the season. Had a 981 OPS last year. 981 Um this dude is jacked now. Hitting at the top. Of I don't him. know if you've actually been like watching Cattell Marte at all last year. No, yeah, he's. I because the impression that you get from him or that you got from him when he was at the Mariners just came over the Diamondbacks. Like he's kind of just like a wiry middle infield type that yeah. can hit for some batting average, and you know probably doesn't have a whole lot of power. And then you look at it and it's like, oh, well, that was a fluky power year. This dude is huge. Yeah, no, this dude he's puts up, strong. He's strong, and he he hits the ball incredibly hard. He's a stat cast darling. He hits, <laughs> like, the the expected stats, you know, they, they love him. Yeah. And he, he's a great contact hitter. Yeah, and he, who he has I power. mean, he hit 329 last year. Yeah. And so, you know, that can be real when you're hitting the ball that hard. And then he hit 32 home runs. He hit 36 doubles. And, you know, he's hitting at in the, the heart of like a perfectly decent lineup um does not strike out either you no. know like you said only 86 strikeouts and 53 walks and stole 10 bags got, got caught stealing twice so whew, there's so much to like about him 
Um, is a five ninety two slugging percentage reasonable? Like, he might not do it again, but he also could. Like, he's he's right yeah. there. He's in that range. Um, just yeah. all around. He, he definitely passed the eye test last year to to tell you that these numbers are uh could be sustainable in some yeah. way. Use the eye test a little, like here and there. You know, switch yeah. here too. It's, well, the the eye test the, the eye test helps verify the numbers and vice versa. Um, yes. Yes. Because if a guy puts up great numbers, and then you watch him play, you're like, I don't know how this guy puts up numbers, then he then might not be as good as numbers are saying. But, yeah. All right. Sometimes. Well, but yeah, Sometimes. Not always. Let's move on to another uh, trio of hitters, a pair of asterisks and a Met rookie of the year. Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, and Pete Alonso. You got two rookies of the year in here. Two rookies of the year. That's correct. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jordan Alvarez is an insane human being. Um, you know, we talked about <laughs> we talked about Joey Gallo having just monstrous power, and you know Stanton in the past. Um, I don't even nobody in the early rounds even has the kind of power that just in terms of like how freaking hard and far they can hit the ball. Um, as, as this guy like he's just a he's a monster human being and everything like is has seemed legit about the kind of strides he's made hitting and I, I go back to plate discipline again because that's my favorite thing to bring up in terms of consistency that's a just good means, indicator right? that just means he has a good idea at the plate and um, he can he can just you know blow on the ball and it'll leave the ballpark um, yeah, and there's there's so much to like. He had the highest OPS of any rookie ever? No, not ever. In the last... It, it's been decades. Yeah, I forget what record it was. Eddie. Um, I don't think it was ever. But, what you was know. his OPS? He had a 1067 That's OPS. That's pretty good. In it's nothing It's nothing to... Uh, three quarters of a season? Nothing to scoff at. Um, yeah, only had 313 at... Bats. I, I, I like to use plate appearances, but for some reason MLB.com doesn't. 369 plate appearances. Um, yeah, and he's just, he's fantastic. He had 27 home runs, and like, what, maybe he, he can get, it's it's even, it's not even three quarters of a season. Like, that's, you know, that's 40 homer potential easy. And then, you know, all the other skills support it. He's on base all the time. He yeah, was on at a four twelve clip last year, and slugged six fifty five. So, you know everything is real with the bat. The only thing is like maybe some health concerns, and he's DH only, which might hinder you in certain places. But he could give you a Mike Trout level production, right? How many guys are gonna have a thousand plus OPS next year? Not many. It's a short list. Um, Altuve, huge value. Um, the biggest thing to keep an eye on is that he still has elite sprint speed he's dealt with some injuries some leg injuries last couple years that maybe have dissuaded him from running the bat i don't even have to talk about his bat Mm -hmm. he's he's kind of established himself as a legitimate power hitter now too or you know not like not a power hitter but not a a batting average only type of hitter yeah he's He's all there, and then if he starts running again, which I can totally see it happening, 
he's gonna be right back in the first round discussion. Like, what? Why? Why are we sleeping on Jose Altuve? Um, <laughs> so that's so that's that. There's so there's huge value among these three hitters. Pete Alonso, um, I've I've heard a lot of talk about him being like a potential bus candidate just because like oh nobody nobody has a rookie season like that and then just like backs it up right away um i mean will he hit 50 home runs maybe no. not maybe he will he did it yeah it made it look pretty easy too um this guy you know he's he just hits the ball incredibly hard like nothing about it seems fluky there's no fluke with with what he's doing yeah um and people are like, well, Aaron Judge did it, and then, well, he got injured. Like, he's injured every year. He was, <laughs> he was even injured his his rookie really, campaign. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's not even a it's not even a great comparison there. So, and I mean, even if he, even if he falls off, it's still probably going to be a, a yeah. quality season. And the only thing that that holds him back maybe is is the on base skills. Um, showed a little bit of regression there, but dude, yeah, like for, if he's if he's going to finish the year with you know 40 some home runs and you know that kind of run production he slugged 583 which is like lower than Cattell Marte and then you look at the two the two of those guys and you're like something's not right there or like less than Alex Bregman you're like okay something's not adding up like he he can definitely put up like Nelson Cruz yeah Cody Bellinger his OPS was below 900 though she was in the 800 somewhere Pete Alonso his OPS his OPS um no. Well, was it? No, it was nine forty one. Okay. Not a whole lot of guys have a five eighty slugging percentage and have a sub nine hundred OPS. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That would yeah. be pretty. Well, that would mean you're That'd getting on base. on base. Yeah, that would be really bad on base. So you know he's like I don't know. Every he hits the <laughs> ball incredibly hard. So yeah. there's not a whole lot to doubt skills wise. It's maybe just like well, like can he do it again? And you're just like giving yourselves reasons not to like him. Um, we'll yeah. go through a, a little bit faster with some of these pitchers. Yeah, because... I, I'll just make one on, on Altuve mm-hmm. in terms of you mentioned the running. Uh, he'll probably still hit what third this year in, in that lineup. So, um, I mean, yes, yes. So he, he obviously might might run more, but being in that spot might hinder his opportunities to run. Oh, I mean it can, but like he didn't run at all basically. Yeah, that like if he goes from running not at all. To even just you know running a lot in today's game means like getting twenty stolen bases, and I mean he hasn't even been trying, so I think he can do that in his sleep still. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, or I mean he has the skills to. He only stole six bases last year, so not a lot. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so let's yeah. we'll move on to the, another pack of starting pitchers right here: Clevenger, Corbin, and Castillo. Yes. So Clevenger, one of the guys that I mentioned earlier who. We know is missing X amount of time to start the year, um, recovering from a knee, like a very minor knee surgery, um, and he's just he's a beast. He's a top ten starting pitcher, um, health, you know, provided. And like that's the only thing that's keeping it outside of that for me. Um, but even then, like if you want to reach for him, just you know, assuming he's going to be fine then this is the guy to do it. He's probably... I like him considerably more than um, Patrick Corbin, Luis Castillo coming up here, who um, who have a lot of interesting ability and potential in their own way, but Clevenger's like already shown everything you want to see out of 
a a top ten starting pitcher. Um, so he has he has the stuff. He has the stuff. He throws a lot of innings. Um, the Indians are notorious for that, or like when he's pitching, you know, health health provided, and yeah, just wicked stuff. Throws really hard. Um, I mean, Luis Castillo also one of the hardest throwers in baseball, but he he's mostly a changeup reliant pitcher, and it's caused him trouble before in terms of the run prevention, and he's he's really made steps in like reining in the uh the whip and had a really good era last year i mean and he's just nasty but if he does put together a better slider which is the main thing that you know i'll be looking for with him like that's going to be key because the reds have made like a complete transformation um on their on the pitching side of things um and you know you know they they've embraced all the um like the rap soto technology and in, in developing pitches for these players yeah they got bauer in there so probably they got bauer in there well they hired oh uh, their pitching yeah, coach they, they, is, they hired no their was it? pitching coach isn't kyle Bodie from driveline but they hired no guy. i think i think he is no he's a pitching like consultant i don't think he's their pitching coach i'm gonna look this up because i knew i there's some driveline connection there the guy who like started driving, Kyle Bodie, is like involved in him, but he's not. Uh, he's not the pitching coach. But he's yeah. The point is that the Reds are doing exciting things. Him, Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, um, in that order, are are all really interesting. And Patrick Corbin throws a lot of sliders and gets a lot of strikeouts and throws a lot of innings. So that's all I'm going to say about Patrick Corbin. He's the team's director of pitching initiatives and pitching coordinator. It's good enough for me. Yeah. All right. Um, so those are the pitchers. Those are like really good pitchers early on. And then I have a little bit yeah. of break um, for, for a while here. Yeah, so we got six batters here. We can just, yeah, six, I'm counting correctly. Yeah, lump them all. Yeah. Charlie Blackman, Max Muncy, Rafael Devers, Chris Bryant, Glaber Torres, Jose Ramirez. It's Glaber. Glaber. Why, I said why Glaber. Is, no, you said Glaber. Everybody calls him Glaber. Alex Rudy calls him Glaber. I don't know why. Glaber. I guess it's like the EY, or like it's an eye, like an eyeball. Um, no. <laughs> Jose Ramirez is probably, like, I, uh, Jose Ramirez might have the best season of all of these players by a long shot, but he, we also saw what happens if he's just, like, not feeling Man. it. <laughs> um, he really is not feeling it when he's not feeling it, because um, last year was, like, so concerning. Uh, just... The way he started the year, and the numbers, you know, you can only recover so well from that. Like he did, he did recover to an extent, but um, when you have slides like that, there's there's cause for concern. But obviously, it was like a top three player the previous year, just last year's drafts. That's where he was going, and all the ability still there in terms of the five category production. So um, he he is he might be a steal. For whoever gets in there, uh, Charlie Blackman also might be a steal because people are like, "Ah, he's old. I don't want Charlie Blackman. He probably had a bad year last year because he's old." Uh, no, he's he's still really good. He had a 940 OPS. He had 32 home runs, and I think he scored 120, no, 112 runs, 120 runs the year before. Um, and he plays in Coors Field. Like, there's there's no reason to think that any of that's just gonna stop. 
he's he's still really good um and he used to be a first round caliber player too so so take him um max muncie and chris bryant i'm gonna lump together i'm gonna not even talk about devers because he could be anything uh but max (laughs) muncie and chris bryant are two that are like super similar players in terms of their profiles and like how much they walk and and their power uh bryant even a little bit unlucky um from a power standpoint only at 31 home runs last year but um, only hit 31 only hit 31 <laughs> but he he clearly has more in the tank you know con- considering he played pretty much a full season and only drove in 77 runs something w- happened there with the cubs lineup in the run production because that's unusual he's gonna lead off this year so the rbis might not go up much um the run score will make up for that hopefully but super safe, you know, 400 on-base percentage guy, and I think he got a little unlucky with power. So you can expect that to go up to where where it normally is. But I have Max Muncy higher because, you know, similar on-base skills, like I said, and he does have a little bit more power. Dude swings insanely hard, and yeah, like a little worse on-base skills, a little better slugging skills, and he has second base eligibility. Um, and then, oh, again, Gleber, Gleber Torres. Gleber. <laughs> Gleber. Gleber, Gleber, Gleber. Glober. Glober. Glo- just call him Glober Torres. Globe, Globe Life Torres. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all over the place right now. Should I do Devers? <laughs> I'm going to do Devers first because I was talking about that third base group there. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, he went off last year. He had all the extra base hits. He threatened a hundred extra base hit season, which is just insane. And I don't know. He could probably do it again. Why not? He's so young. He's twenty three years old. Um, he hit three eleven, and like I said, Red Sox middle of the order power or you know run production and power numbers will be there, um, but not fantastic on base skills. But it doesn't even matter when you hit. He hit fifty four doubles and thirty two homers and four triples. So he had 90. He had 90 extra base hits. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, that's like more... I think that's more than Jose Ramirez had his like <laughs> his season that he went off. Um, yeah, and that's the only thing. Well, he's on base at a 360 clip. Maybe I like Rafael Devers a lot. I yeah, Rafael scared. Devers had a very good year last year. I think I'm just scared that it's so hard to repeat a 90 extra base hit season for anybody like it doesn't matter who you are yeah that man was hitting doubles at will last year yeah he's he's pretty fun to watch and then um Gleyber Torres will play the Orioles this year is that enough of a case for him I mean yeah he yeah he, he only plays in 19 games though only yeah, yeah. that's uh it's plenty of time to do all his damage <laughs> But yeah, I don't know why that's such. It's like the argument against him. It's like he's also twenty three years old, and people are like, "Well, he had, he did all his damage against the Orioles." Like, what's what's to like about that? I guess not everybody. Like, he's still going pretty high in drafts. But thirty eight homers last year. I can see that coming down a little bit, but I can see strides in other areas just because of how the Yankees play. Maybe this is some Yankee bias, but they are a team that is notorious for hammering that like plate discipline skill into you know everybody they develop and he only reached base at a 337 clip last year so there's so much room for improvement 
right? That's how I see it. And <laughs> I mean, he's inc- he's very talented, you know. Obviously, and you I was definitely your Yankees fan coming out of there. <laughs> what he's very talented? No, not no, oh. not that. There, there's room for improvement, right? <laughs> oh, not saying yeah. he can't improve, but like no, you, I mean, three thirty-seven is nothing that impressive. He, the way the way you sat it hits you, a ton of you just sounded, you just sounded so hopeful <laughs> about what he could but, do. Yeah, I mean, same with Rafael Devers, I guess, in that case, right? Yeah. Like, they're they're pretty comparable players. Um, so, yeah. I don't know what, I was, what else I was going to say about that, but him and Devers are so young, they could regress, they could take huge steps forward, so you don't even know. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. You don't even know. All right. Uh, last starting pitchers, another uh, trifecta of them here at... 42 to 44. Clayton Kershaw, Lucas Giolito, and Noah Syndergaard. Yes. Clayton Kershaw's <laughs> good, but not great anymore. He's not Clayton Kershaw anymore, which is sad. We should change his and name. And not just, Clayton Kershaw is a 3 ERA. Yeah, we should change his name to just avoid any confusion and expectation. I think that would be fair. Um, this fastball velo has been up a couple uh, miles an hour. Still, you know, 92-93. Yeah, at that point, pretty negligible. That's hitting speed. Um he relies a lot on his slider and and his curveball, of course, but his secondary pitches are should rely more on his curveball. What carries him? Still more than a strikeout printing, which is promising and incredibly low whip. He doesn't walk anybody and gets all the quality starts. So when he pitches, he'll be good. But yeah, he had like a crazy back, quality start streak. Last he has year. back issues right. as well. He's he's not immune. He's thirty one. He's not in the like thirty six year old pitcher range, but probably similar health risk to them. Just because he's been around forever. Well, that and he's actually had like back injuries m- multiple seasons that have kept him out for really extended periods of time. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't deal with that last year. No, he avoided. Yeah, he did avoid it last year. Yeah, but... dead on to start spring training that delayed that delayed his year. But yeah, it, he went but... to drive line, so he's feeling good. Yeah, everybody just go to drive line and and make make everything easy for us. Lucas Gilito, um looked like the bust of the decade until he just decided to break out completely. Is he still an upside kind of ranking here? What do you mean? I mean, he was great last year. Oh, yeah, but like... No, this isn't an good. upside ranking. This is, okay. like, if anything, I'm a little, like, pessimistic that he's going to drop back to being, like, a 5 year <laughs> guy. Um, if, basically, if he just loses his changeup, then that's that's what's going to happen. But I don't, think that's good. I don't think that's likely to happen. He strikes out so many batters, and his whip... He stays in the strike zone a lot. So, you know... He has he has all the upside in the world, um, and Noah Syndergaard same same kind of deal has all the upside in the world. For some reason, the ERA just hasn't been favorable, um, but he has like you just look at the stuff. He had a four twenty eight ERA last year, but he throws hundred miles an hour with like a 90, 91, 92 mile an hour slider, and and a changeup. He has great command of three pitches, just can't seem to find it. Um, and he can. He did find it that one year, right? Yeah. Um, he was one of the players who complained about the ball in the seams being different last year. He said it was affecting his changeup in particular. So, I don't know. You know, I, I, I give these player, these types of players with crazy talent the benefit of the doubt uh, a lot. Um, let's, let's finish this round, shall we? Yeah, last four guys here are hitters. We have... Uh, Joey Gallo, Nelson Cruz, Anthony Rizzo, and Marcus Simeon. So we start with two just powerful hitters, and then two very good, little maybe a little more complete hitters who still have power. 
Yeah, Joey Gallo is incredibly good in an on-base and slugging percentage league where you don't even have to bat an eye at batting average. So he is great in that format. No questions asked there. There's like nothing holding him back. Doesn't I mean, obviously he doesn't steal bases, but hits for a ton of power, you know. It, I don't even have to say any more about it. Um, Nelson Cruz, the same kind of deal. So consistent with the power, and he's old, yeah. But he's not injury prone. No. He's not. And he he just, he's just a machine. I love my DHs who get to just kick back and, and swing a bat and hit home runs. Well, and that, now if they take away the in game video, though, what are they going to do? What's, yeah, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Between games. Um, <laughs> between ABs. Yeah. Uh, between games. They can still look at that between games. That was dumb. Um, <laughs> Anthony Rizzo is a is another on-base percentage darling. He's not a great roto asset anymore, but still gets on base like a 390, 400 clip. Um, he's, just a great, he's just a great human being. And he, I mean, he hits in the middle of the Cubs lineup, and you're on base that much. That'll, that'll do it. Um, I don't know if he has 30 homer you know, potential in him anymore. He might, but probably not. Probably mid-20s homers. But that's still really good. Really safe player. Uh, Marcus Simeon, whew, a year ago, if Marcus Simeon was a top four or in the top four rounds, I would have called you crazy and, and slapped you and, and, I don't know, a lot of other unpleasant stuff. But Marcus Simeon is a very, very good player. I, that was that was probably the worst <laughs> the worst way to land you sounded that like you believe up. that that was the worst way to to, <laughs> to land all that build up. Let, me, let me start over um Marcus Simeon made a lot of strides last year particularly in plate discipline which is my favorite thing as you can tell and the strides looked real because he kept it up the whole season he finished third in MVP voting which isn't bad um and yeah, just the slash line was really good. 285, 369, 522. Um, doesn't really get you a lot of stolen bases. He stole 10, got caught eight times last year. So mm, not look for a lot there. But hit 33 homers in a really not so hitter friendly ballpark, which is pretty amazing. And he just scores a ton of runs because the A's have a really potent lineup. So you lead off for the A's, or you lead off for any really good lineup, you're going to be in this range of hitters. Um, LeMahieu's not far behind. That's that's a comp. That's a really good comp for him. Um, so, yeah. There you go. That's yep. that's it. That's it for today. There are rounds three, three through four. Um, yeah. So, uh, th- it's a lot of talking for me. Um, d- do you want to wrap up the show again? You want me to do it again? All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, once again, you can find these rankings... Uh, at least at least by tomorrow, if not tonight. PHFBaseball.com slash fantasy. Also check out our other articles there. I have my division previews uh, coming out uh, more or less weekly. I think I'm a, I have to double up on one just to get it ready for opening they'll day. They'll all be done before opening day. They'll all be done before opening day. Um, find us on Twitter at BeatTheShiftBP. Um, uh, email us, BeatTheShiftBaseball at gmail.com. Uh, again, if you're listening on iTunes, rate, review, whatever. Let us know if we're terrible or if uh, or 
what you like about Let us it. know that we're terrible. Yeah. Ask us questions. Ask Yeah, questions. We like to answer questions, especially on these fantasy shows. Um, so yeah, once again, thank you everybody so much for listening. As always, peace. peace. Early on that one. Yeah, you're very early on that <laughs> I'm done. Way, way ahead of that change. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> Sorry to end this podcast yet. <laughs>